Travels with John Smith Chapter 27 Mr. and Mrs. Smith Year 3, Wuhan, 2013-2014 I ask the students if they have done their homework. Some of them say yes, but when one boy says yes, the other students laugh and say, No, he is lying. I point the gun and shoot. The boy pretends to fall on the ground, clutching his heart. I know this would never be possible in Canada. As John says, a parent-teacher interview would follow. It is Halloween here in China, and I am one half of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the spy movie with Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt about a married couple that are both contract killers. Since most of the students call us Mr. and Mrs. Smith, we thought this would be a good costume. I found the masks in London this summer, and it wasn't difficult to convince John that it would be even better if he was Angelina and I was Brad. He is wearing my silver dress with the same silver tights he wore as Bad Santa. We bought a long brown wig for him, which he wouldn't try on in the shop, so I got one I liked and a short spiky Audburn one for me as Brad. We bought some little kids' machine guns that have amazing noises and lights and also got some pistols that are actually real BB guns in a kid's toy store. There are no BB pellets in them, but they look quite real and are quite heavy. I am wearing John's tux jacket, a white shirt, bow tie, dark trousers, the Brad Pitt mask, and a wig, and no one knows who I am. Some laugh, some are frightened, and until they see us together, most cannot even guess who I'm supposed to be. When they ask me who I am, and I say, Mr. Smith, in, with a deep voice, they look confused. One kid was taking money out of a cash machine in the school when I walked past with my mask on and said, give me your money. And he looked like he believed me. So I quickly took off my mask to show him who I was and made sure he got that it was a joke. Just kidding. I'm having an easy day as I'm taking all of my four classes to the multimedia room with a couple other classes, and we are showing them Hocus Pocus to give them a Halloween education. Most students fall to the ground laughing when they see John, and a couple of teachers and a few students that know him well ask if they can squeeze his boobs, since he keeps lifting the socks in the bra and probably looks like he's squeezing them himself. John has been making pizzas in his cooking classes all day, so had to remove the wig and mask. He's wearing a pair of my boots, so his feet are really killing him. It is now the day after Halloween. We went to the Halloween dance last night, put on by some of the students, and decided to switch costumes to really mess with everyone's heads and give John's feet a rest. My students mostly got it that it was me in Angelina Jolie's costume, but John's students didn't. So I had people coming up to me saying, can I take a picture with you, Mr. Smith? 
and I would nod and get the picture taken. When I spoke to one girl and she realized I wasn't the real Mr. Smith, she said, oh, those are real boobies. One of the boys who had squeezed John's boobs earlier, who also knows me quite well, didn't get that it was me, and luckily one of his friends told him. He was horrified as he had been poised to squeeze what he thought were John's boobs again. He is still talking about it today and relieved about what didn't happen as it would have been a very embarrassing situation for both of us. The weather has been quite comfortable lately. It feels like we are having a real fall with a chill setting in by evening, but still okay to wear a light jacket or shirt in the daytime. With age, my body has become a fragile thermometer that registers everything as too hot or too cold, so the heater stroke air conditioners that accompany the winters and summers here seem too extreme a change. Today is Sunday, and I'm still in my dressing gown, and it is two in the afternoon. The view outside from our back window is now a large middle school, possibly bigger than the high school, where there used to be a swamp last year. They opened a week late in September after starting construction only six months before that. This is the first weekend we haven't had anything to do outside the school. Next weekend we will have to work to make up for all the holidays we get. Could be worse. We are in a taxi on our way to the German grocery store, Metro, to buy some supplies for John's class, some dill pickles for me, and some pad thai ingredients for Danny. Danny is with us in the cab, and we are having a pleasant conversation about the pad thai he will prepare for all the teachers during the Christmas week. We are in a three-lane, slow-moving traffic as it is Saturday around lunchtime, and we are in one of the busiest parts of Wuhan, though it is like this almost everywhere at this time of day. I am in the front seat trying to find some Chinese words in my translator to have a semi-conversation with the driver when we see two huge workhorses with no one on their backs galloping in between the cars coming towards us. One of them still has the reins in his or her teeth and the leather straps flap against her neck. With their nostrils flared, manes streaming behind them, they look surreal, like they are in some kind of dual reality. We agree that it is one of the most bizarre things we have ever seen. We all watch mouths open as they gallop past and it shocks me so much I do not even take a picture of it. We then discuss where they might have come from, the damage that may have been caused to them and others if the traffic had been moving any faster, what might have happened to them to make them run looking so frightened, how worried we are for their safety, and if this would have happened in any other country, we think not. Last night was our Canadian staff party, but we did not stay that late, so we are feeling rested. So the above 
was not a hallucination of any kind. We had a great meal at the beautiful Grace Garden Hotel, which I have mentioned before. I sang a couple Christmas songs, and then we did the secret Santa game. It can get very vicious, and sometimes you find something you quite like. Last year, John got an amazing hockey sweater, and it was stolen by a guy who would not have fit into it. Most of the staff go for bottles of booze and steal it from each other, and it is a game which can go on for a long time. The first couple years, John and I bought some beautiful presents, but this year we felt mischievous. Our package had Kleenex packages in it that looked like stacks of American money with a Ziploc bag of wheat flour, a Ziploc bag of green tea, and one of the BB guns we bought for our Mr. and Mrs. Smith Halloween costumes. As the game went on, we kept nudging each other, hoping someone would, who would appreciate the joke would receive the presents. Neither of us really know the guy who got the package, so we didn't know how he might take it. When he opened it, most of the people in the room roared with laughter and, tried, and looked around trying to guess who it was from. John and I kept straight faces. We are on Han Street, which is an upmarket street with all the international brands, and we pass a guitar shop, so we go in to take a look. I see a rock and roll guitar with voodoo drawings all over it and think it won't hurt to play it for a few minutes. I start playing and decide it, I really like it. I ask the price and it's really out of my range, but I start to haggle and ask him to take almost a thousand yuan, which is $200 Canadian, off the asking price. I feel a little cheeky, but I think if he goes for it, I'll take it. He agrees. Sometimes I regret these kinds of buys. Not this time. Christmas came early. We are home now and I start writing a song about Christmas, inspired by a conversation I had with John earlier. We decorate our little fake tree, put some extra lights and tinsel about, gifts for ourselves in a Christmas bag, put on a Christmas compilation, and it feels a little like Christmas. It's the week leading up to Christmas, and Quinn, who is a good musician, asks if anyone would like to do any caroling for the students. I say I'll join in. The students have a silent reading time every morning from 7.30 to 8, so Quinn thinks we can arrive at the door of these classrooms and surprise them. It's the first day of caroling, and I go down to where Quinn's office is, thinking I might find a large group ready to fill the hallways with song, and Quinn is by himself with a pile of song sheets. Kirby, the guy we went to Hong Kong with, arrives with a Santa hat, and we grab a couple of reluctant teachers along the way and burst into our first classroom, where the students look quite surprised, and I shout, Merry Christmas! We launch into Silver Bells, with Kirby clowning around doing the echo, we sing different songs in every room and get wonderful reactions in every room we enter, and suddenly it really feels like Christmas. In my classes, I get the kids to write and perform some Christmas puppet shows. 
They make their own puppets from paper templates with chopsticks taped to the back. Some of the stories are quite funny, others quite touching, and others impossible to understand. Despite wanting to give up several times, especially when teaching them how to use the the portable microphones without getting feedback, it was another activity that brought people together and felt like it was Christmas. There is a Christmas and New Year's show for the whole school, and Quinn leads the teachers on the piano. He starts out alone on stage saying, Which song is the best Christmas song? Each department comes out with a couple of verses of a song and are interrupted by another department with another song. And finally, John walks out in a bad Santa costume. He has sunglasses, a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, an empty beer can in his hand, dragging his bag behind him, followed by me. He says, Ho, ho, friggin' ho, I'll show you Christmas. Then he hands me the mic, and I sing the song, Santa Baby, while dancing around John in a provocative way. The kids go crazy, especially when I lift my leg in a kind of tango-like stance. John and and Blake, the principal, do a comedy sketch and afterwards, and the kids go crazy again. Almost every kid that goes by me today giggles when they see me and tells me they loved my Christmas song. I am on my way home at lunchtime and run into one of the Chinese teachers with her mother. Her mother is close to my age and is staying with her daughter to look after her granddaughter. She touches my arm softly and shakes her head, smiling, chattering away at me in in Chinese. Her daughter says, She saw you sing last night, and she thinks you are amazing, very sexy. She says she would never do that. She loves you. I get a lump in my throat. I ask if it's okay to hug her, and she says yes. She keeps chattering away in Chinese, and I recognize a couple of words like chonggu, which is to sing. So I thank her, and she holds tight onto my hand and continues to shake her head, chattering away at me and smiling at me. I am humbled. It is Christmas Eve and we only have one day off, so we get together with Michelle and Danny in their apartment where he makes a delicious pad thai, his specialty as he used to work in a Thai restaurant. So that's our Christmas dinner. There are about 20 people here So I sing the Christmas song I wrote, and everyone joins into the tagline, which is, What is Christmas? What is Christmas? Danny films it so we can put it up as a kind of Christmas card for everyone on Facebook. It's New Year's Eve, and we are back at the Wuhan Jazz and Blues Club for some live music. We haven't been back for a year, so we weren't sure if it would be the same band, but it is, and they ask if I want to sing with them. They are very good musicians, so it's a good jam and lots of fun. There are many Maple Leaf teachers here, and they get the fruits of my labor and are offered lots of beer as my payment for singing. 
It's just after midnight, and we are sending red lanterns into the sky from the beach in front of the Marco Polo Hotel in Hankou. As I have mentioned before, this has now become a tra- tradition. Like last year, the sky is filled with lanterns as soon as the sky is dark enough to see them. This year, the Chinese government decided to ban the fireworks, supposedly to help lower the pollution here. As for them, this is a Western holiday, so it's not necessary to celebrate it. Apart from some individuals sending mini firework shows into the sky, the murmuring of the many people gathered in the dark is the main sound on the beach. We walk back to the hotel, and on the way, we see a guy with a couple giant telescopes set up with lasers shining into the sky to Jupiter. John and I both have a look in the telescope and see it clearly, including the big red spot. It's so cool. It is now January 1st, and I am sitting on our balcony in the sun. It feels like a spring day. Despite a few cold days here and there, it has not been what I would call a real winter here. It has been like a pretend winter. It is mid January, and John and I are on a staycation in Guanggu, the large traffic circle with shopping malls on both sides of the circle. It's only a few blocks away from the school, and we often come here on weekends. It's only a 20 to 30 minute cab ride away from the school if there's no traffic, but not always easy to get a cab on the way back. We stay in a nice hotel and it feels like a holiday without having to go anywhere. This is where John goes skating, so this time I join him. I have been skating twice without any mishaps. The Owner of the rink gives me his skates, and they are good figure skates, my size, and his motorcycle pads as padding for my dodgy knees. I fall once, so this is good. This weekend, the pollution index is over 400, so we buy masks and mostly stay inside. It is now the day before we leave for vacation. We finished final exams and prepared for the next semester. We are aware of how lucky we are. We'll be away for about a month. We will go to Bangkok first and are a little worried as there is meant to be a huge protest there against the government tomorrow with the aim of shutting down the city. They are say- saying there should be a million people marching and most people. Including Steve and Nancy are telling us we shouldn't go, that it might be dangerous, that we might not be able to get to our hotel. We are only there for two days, but we decide to take the risk, as to rearrange the flights would be difficult and costly. We will go through Singapore to Bali, and I have packed a small carry on, which is only two thirds full, and have a small backpack. John thought it wasn't possible. The adventure continues. Mm-hmm.